Blog Talk Radio. Mettler of ArtFairInsiders.com, a social networking site for artists, and I'm publisher of ArtFairCalendar.com, the place to find the nation's best art fairs. Later in the show, we will be taking your calls, and here is the number if you have questions for my guests, 805-243-1338, 805-243-1338. It is that time of the year when we are all closing our books for the last fiscal year and beginning to record our profits and losses for the new year. Some of you are new to being self-employed and need a map to getting started with bookkeeping. One of the great things about being self-employed in the art fair business is all of the deductions as a result of the high overhead that range from a single $25 jury fee to that new van that will carry you across country to the shows. One of the bad things is how fast the money runs through your hands because of that high overhead. Keeping track of these expenses requires a solid set of books and a plan to ensure that your business really is a business and not what the IRS calls a hobby. Would you rather be in the studio following your intuition on a new piece of art or crunching the numbers to see if you can afford to make that new piece of art. Necessary to do both, of course. It's all a package. And our guests today are going to guide us through their individual processes. Welcome to our guests who will bring us the answers. Photographer Leo Charette has been participating in shows for about nine years. His background is in managing data and constituent relationships using computers since the mid-1980s. Sounds like Leo will know some things. How are you doing, Leo? Hi, Connie. I'm doing well. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Williamsburg, Virginia. That's where my home is. Okay. And our other guest is photographer Allison Thomas, who's been in the business for almost 12 years She's been managing her family's HVAC business, which is where she got her bookkeeping experience. That business was a corporation, so she has good knowledge of QuickBooks. Good afternoon, Allison. How are you? Hi, Connie. I'm doing great. And where are you calling from? I'm calling a little bit further west of Leo in Louisa, Virginia. Have you two met each other? Yes. Oh, yeah. We yes. have. <laughs> okay, so you've done a few shows back and forth together. Yes. Okay, Okay. Well, mm-hmm. you're both on my list. So today, we're going to run through a bunch of things. Um, bef- before we were chatting, before we came, came live, Leo, what was it that you said about bookkeeping and accounting? Um, I guess I... I what I see this process as being is, is a way to kind of keep myself organized. I'm a typical artist. <laughs> and so it's really just a matter of keeping information together in, in a way that I can retrieve it. So it's just part of the flow for me. So it's not a, something that's separated out and you are, it all runs together. It yeah. does. Okay. It all runs together. I really, yep. Mm-hmm. It's it's integrated. Okay. All right. Um, Did you, Allison, did you have other work experience before you started doing art fairs? Yes, I've actually, I'm still working full-time. I'm a computer programmer for FedEx. Oh, okay. Right. And how about you, Leo? Uh, I spent 25 years in colleges. So, you know, I directed the career offices at Duke University, College of William Mary, Oberlin College. So that was kind of my career uh, before art fairs. <clears throat> <laughs> this is amazing. 
I know that the people who are shopping in your booths at the art fairs have no idea who these people are in those booths. <laughs> when those, they think we're sleeping in our vans and do not really have a life, there you are, the two of you. Great experiences and mm-hmm. life experiences. <laughs> right. I mean, how else, how else could you stay afloat in, in this day and age in this tricky business, Right. You've got to I can't have... imagine trying to do it without some other income coming in. I'm hoping to go full-time when I retire, but I'm going to have a pension and Social Security coming in. Right. Okay, well, that will make a difference, too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Leo, are you, are you still uh, having income from other sources? No, I'm full-time. been full-time okay. for about five years. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Okay. Um Leo, do you have formal training or education in accounting? No. No. In fact, I I still rely on an accountant to put my taxes together. Um, so, you know, I see this as just, you know, the work that you need to do in order to have a business. <laughs> oh, okay. And And what about you, Allison? I took an accounting class a long time ago when calculators were $300, and I don't remember much of anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the systems that both of you have going forward are pretty much um, self-taught, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, you've got a business, you've got to be responsible, and you've got to make something go forward. I know that when we first started in the art fairs, a lot of the income was cash, or checks made out to cash, but there was a certain period of time when we needed to be re- responsible to the IRS, and that's when the bookkeeping came in. So this is, and and that business is quite different too. I I know that there's not as much cash as cash as political as there was. Oh, hardly okay. anymore. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so, Leah, what about you? What is your best advice for someone beginning to start reporting income from their art fair business? Where do you start? Mm. Um, I, I guess for me, um, yeah, it's, it's a good question, Connie. Uh, for me, starting was really saying, okay, I want to do this. How can I organize myself? How can I, you know, do some of the things so I'm not I'm not wasting my time. I'm not sitting there counting inventory every week, doing you know these things that take away from the actual creative part. So for me, this record keeping, this bookkeeping is just part of my being able to get to the things that I really love to do. Uh, so it's, it's really integrated into my workflow. I can't do art shows unless I do these things. It's not a separate um, piece. It's part of the whole process. Okay, and huh. so you, when you first started doing shows, it all came together as part of your plan. Yes, it did. I, in fact, I started with you know kind of a, a, a modest little database to kind of keep. Again, I'm a photographer, so I'm required at many shows to do limited editions. That means I need to keep track of the number of images that I'm selling per per um, you know. Her creation, uh, and I also need to generate a you know certificate of authenticity. So all of this stuff is just part of the process. Um, I also need to know at the end of a show how much um, inventory I have, so that I know what I need to create. Uh, so yeah, it, when I started out, I just needed to come up with some way to be able to manage these things, which I don't really feel that I'm naturally gifted at. This makes it so maybe three hours a week I do this and it's done and I can focus on the creative side of things. And it gives you a lot of answers for going forward. It does. It does. Yeah, you know, I think as an artist we kind of sometimes are more optimistic. You know, we go to a show and say, oh, yeah, I did really great. and Or, you know, I did really bad. We're not, we, you know, we kind of ballpark it. When you really see the numbers and you really see what sells, it's very objective, it gives you a, a very different picture. Okay. What, what, was, what is your best advice for someone just beginning in the business, Allison, for them to uh, – for the reporting income? 
Well, the most important part, at least for taxes, is you have to track what's coming in and what's going out. And, you know, you can start with that. I use QuickBooks, and I think you have to kind of know what you want to track. It is flexible, but you set up your chart of accounts and, you know, what do you want to track as far as, you know, what kind of expenses. But bottom line, when you go to do the taxes, it's what came in, what goes out. Um, I have. I'm also a photographer, so tracking inventory is very important. I use actually use an outside. I use an Excel spreadsheet to keep track of the next number that I'm going to print on a particular photograph, and um, then I use an Excel spreadsheet to track shows and what which ones I'm applying to, which ones are out there, which ones I've already sent in my application for. I even, you know, I was, I I work eight hours a day, so I have to mm-hmm. really streamline everything. And the keeping track of the inventory is very important. I just don't have time to count what's sold, you know, and think about. I need it right on paper. I've got QuickBooks set up so that I can run a report, and there's a there's a data item you can fill in that says reorder point, and I know how many I want of a particular picture that I want to carry with me, and I just run the report and the little check marks against what I have to what I have to create. Well, interestingly, I've come from photography also, and um, my my husband was the photographer, and I was the business person, which is why I'm more interested in the bookkeeping thing here than than the creating of the work, but. One of his earlier jobs, the last job he'd had, his, he kept the inventory at a, an appliance warehouse. So we had a pen and pencil inventory sheet where we tracked. So is it sounding like I thought, and, and people would look at our inventory sheet and say, of course, you know, we're talking 20 years ago, and say, oh, where did you ever come up with that? But lo and behold, now it's an Excel sheet, and what we were doing was pretty much the same thing. Oh, this sold. We erase it. <laughs> we would erase it, right, <laughs> and use a pencil mark. <laughs> we already would keep our you know, inventory sheets with pencil and paper rather than ink because, you know, so there was that inventory thing. Okay, well, that, that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, okay, so, uh, Leo, let's talk to you a minute. I have a few, few minutes here. So you look to me like... You, pre- you presented this really great page on our fair insiders uh, of your system that you put together. And if anybody wants to go to uh, go go to artfairinsiders.com and uh, look for Leo Charette, C H A R E T T E, and you'll find Leo's pictures of his plan of how he put his his art revenue tracker. So, Leo. Tell, tell us how this got started. Uh, well, how I got started, again, I just, you know, I started selling art, and so I just needed a way to manage it. But w- what it really is is a database. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel very comfortable in a database environment um, because I like how databases show relationships. So in my case, it's a relational database. It shows the relationship between my art, the art shows, and the patrons that I sell the work to. All of that works together because of the art. So I sell a piece of work at an art show, and so that's a table. I can see how much that art show costs me and also how much the art costs. And so I can easily come up with a net total at the end of an art show because of the relationship I have between my art um, work and the art show. And I can also show... Uh, who the patrons were who bought those pieces of work so that I can develop a relationship with them. I can email them periodically and let them know. So all of it really works together, you know. So when I enter something into an art show and and I I say these are the images that I sold, um, it becomes very clear the types of work that tends to go at that particular art show, the types of formats that tend to go. And so I can get a much truer picture of what's exactly going on. But it's because of the, it's because of a relational database. 
where did you uh, what did you use to develop this? Yeah, I use a, um, uh-huh. yeah, I use a program, um, a pretty much off-the-shelf program called FileMaker Pro. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 very, um, it's very visual. Um, it's very simple to create simple databases. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's sort of like an erector set, if you remember those from way back in the 50s. You kind of build, yeah, you kind of build your, your work. So I started off with a very simple kind of a thing. And then over time, of course, I added pieces and all of that. But um, for the most part, just started off with the images I wanted to sell uh, and how they related to the art shows I wanted to sell them at and how that related to the people who bought them. And if I had those three pieces of information... I could pretty well get a good picture of what was going on. And I could also report to the IRS and everyone else who wants to know that sort of information, just what I did, how much I sold, where it went. Mm-hmm. So, so this is FileMaker Pro, and this is, you've been developing this over the years, right? I and have. This, yeah, anybody, I have a, and that's, yeah. that is a Microsoft product. Is it not? I'm sorry. No, I'm no not it's actually not. No. Uh, yeah, it's no, a, FileMaker Pro actually started off on the Mac platform, but it's it's really across platforms. You can you can do it on a PC, oh. you can do it on a Mac, you can do it everywhere. So it's a cross platform. But there's nothing saying that FileMaker Pro is the best. Um, you could do this with Excel. Mm-hmm. You could do this with any simple over-the-counter database that can do relational tables. So okay, so I'm I'm looking at what you put together, what what you loaded on Art Fair Insiders, and um, I'm looking. So you, on your main menu, you have the artwork. So you, so you name each piece, and right, right, I'm assuming, right, right, okay. So and then that to- totally works for an a photographer. Well, um, how what would a, a painter? Oh, a potter. Well, well, a, a potter person who's would... dealing totally in originals, would this be applicable to them? Oh, sure. I mean, you still have an art piece that you're going to create, so you would enter that into the database as your art. You know, it happens that for me it's photography and then it has mm-hmm. several formats. But most most artists, I mean, again, there's, there's a number of painters that are only going to do originals, but there are a number of painters that are also going to do prints of their work. And yeah. so um, this, this would serve as a great platform. But this would also serve as a great platform for a potter. I mean, a potter is going mm-hmm. to, um, you know, create a piece and probably have multiple variations of that same piece. So they have a category, okay? It's a teapot. Uh, and I have these different uh, things that are, are teapots or cups or whatever. And so you kind of build your inventory and what you do, and, and you can track what's selling and what's not. Uh, I don't think it's restricted to a particular medium. Um, it just happens that I created it in a medium that works for me, and I customized it to my the way in which I do my work. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay, so your basic tool is FileMaker Pro, but you could develop something like this using Excel and, uh, I guess, Excel. numbers on Mac, and right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the part of this that I'm the most interested in, because I know it's important to stay, definitely to stay in touch with the patrons and the shows and things, the part that I'm interested in is um, I'm, it's, it's all about the money. <laughs> reporting the money is yeah, what I yeah, am. Yeah. I am really yeah. focused on. I do not. I don't. I'm not seeing here. Where Where do you do the uh, the money part? Okay. Um, well, again, it, you know, each image when I put it into the database, I know specifically how much that image costs me. I know that a uh-huh. sheet of map board costs me $8, and if I'm doing an 11 by 14, I can get six, six pieces from it. And so right. I can immediately determine that this piece costs that much. And so that right. when I determine which art show bought that piece, so let's say the boardwalk, I sold that 11 by 14 piece at the boardwalk. So I already know what my material cost was for that, and then I add it to my show cost, and so minus that from the gross, I can get my net 
instantaneously because I'm already determining what my costs are associated with it and the rest is going to be profit. Because you have then each show you you had generate a report for what you sold at that show. Correct, correct. Now I should correct. tell you that, you know, obviously I'm not using this database at the show. At the show I'm generate you no. know, I'm 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 you know, I'm I'm writing out a hard copy receipt like anyone else would do. And I'm collecting the person's name, their email address, and also the number of the, you know, the, the image, but what, what's its edition number. And so that when I come back at the end of the show, I'd spend maybe an hour, an hour and a half doing the data entry into it so that I know, you know, what sold, what didn't, but also what, you know, so I, I know which patron bought which image specifically. Okay, so so this is all dovetails one to another, doesn't it? So let's say you just were at a show on the weekend, and you um, it's it's Monday. Some artists take Mondays off, and so uh-huh. that Tuesday's a day. I always went to the bank on Monday. That was that was the the good deal about Monday, right? You the go happy, to the bank. The happy day, right? Yeah. yeah. The happy day, and then maybe you go to a movie or treat yourself, right? Okay, Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday, I always paid bills and did did bookkeeping so you would mm-hmm. sit down and enter what you sold that weekend yep exactly i would enter all of the information you know i might be dealing with tax. for me also the morning after a show is kind of spent just doing that sort of um uh, you know bookkeeping if you want to call it that kind of work mm-hmm. i'm going to spend a couple hours doing it because to be honest with you i can't go to the next piece i can't figure out what my inventory is i don't know what you know how you know what kind of an impact i've had on my inventory until i do that data entry and if they can then see you know that oh i i'm really short on this or i really need to build that uh, portion up or or whatever um, and so it all really kind of dovetails into my workflow. Okay, so I'm getting that. Now, I want to know, so I'm a new artist. This is my first year doing shows, and I know that, you know, basically you, you need to know have this information on for several reasons. One of the reasons yeah. is just uh, you know that you are making a profit and what works and what doesn't. But my motivating thing, because I ran the business, was I didn't want to get audited. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I I just wanted to make one thing. You you asked, what is your advice to to newcomers? Be Mm -hmm. honest. Don't Mm -hmm. fudge the books. Be honest, because if you do get audited, it's just painful. Uh, I have not been audited. Uh, but, you know, so make sure that you report everything, that you do it, because the states are going to want to know what did you sell. They're going to want to know so you can pay sales tax, and you're dealing with multiple states. It's just a lot of information you have to keep going. And if you start fudging the books, you're going to have to start playing these weird games. For me, I just do it straight. I'm just not going to play the games. I'm just going to put everything in and, and see exactly what happens. Exactly. So, so you're I, ready. Don't lie to the yes. RRS. <laughs> I am not. That's exa- was exactly the reason we found an account right off the bat. I did not want that surprise, right? And we all know artists who have been audited. And we know these are the same artists who is lucky they can get from one show to the next, and yet the IRS jumps on them. So right. the, the book, yeah, and so that is, that is okay, quite. So okay, so I'm a new artist, um, and I'm you know you you have some analytical background, and it sounds like so you kind of knew where you wanted to go. I would like to where are we going to send these people to get started? Because here we go. I, I mean, there was somebody at Art Fair Insiders the other day who was saying, "Well, we can just write it all off, hooray, hooray!" And it's like, right. <laughs> That's a business? I mean, no! <laughs> I can yeah. see everybody rolling their eyes, you know, <laughs> behind the keyboard, yeah, just, behind the screens, and I'm like, yeah. oh, no, we're... Um, yeah, just, I'm just new... A, just a quick... Just a quick note, uh, Connie. Um, even though I use an accountant to help me with my taxes at the end of the year, that accountant 
floods me with paperwork. I get, yes. I, I get a half a ream of paper of all this data that I need to provide. So, you know, the accountant kind of keeps things all uh, together for me, but he's going to want to know everything uh, before he fills out the taxes. So it's all important. It is. Mm. Right. Keeping, keeping it all in place. Okay. Well, that's, that's a good start. Okay. Now, Allison, so okay. you, you, Smarty, did not develop your own system, but you went with QuickBooks, and you chose QuickBooks because? Uh, really, because I had used it before. I think it's the best product out there, although I haven't really got, you know, done a lot of research on it, but I knew what it could do, and I knew basically how to use it. I don't use it to the extent that I used it when we, when we had the corporation, but right. I do, I mean, it's, it comes in real handy, and it's, you know, it may be not as flexible as Leo's program where you can just go in and, and kind of develop it to do exactly what you want it to do, but I, I didn't spend all that time developing it. It pretty much oh. is, you know, install it, figure out your chart of accounts, put in your bank accounts, and it, it does almost everything for me. It, you know, I can go in and reconcile my checkbook, that keeps me knowing how much money I have to spend. I've got one credit card still active. I keep track of that so I can uh, know at the end of the year how much interest I paid. Uh, I can run a report that tells me how much sales tax to pay to who. I mean, and when I ran the ran the heating and air conditioning business, I actually had Quicken checks and would print the checks right out of the out of the system. I don't do that anymore because I don't write near as many checks. Right. But it's it's yeah. just a great way of, you know, when I go to do my taxes, I actually do my taxes myself. I do use TurboTax. You know, I'd be lost mm-hmm. without Intuit. But I just run, there's a report in here that's basically a profit and loss report. And I get all my numbers from there and, and bring up uh, TurboTax and fill them in. You know, um, f- for years, I, so, okay, so when we started in the business, we hired, uh, we like linked up with an accountant, and we would monthly send him, well, he would get our bank statement, and then I would fill in a cash report, and he would reconcile and send us the information, which was great, right? I mean, that's, and of course, it, it was a little costly, <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, but but here's the, all I could think of was I don't I I don't want to have to I want to have stuff to show Uncle Sam I, that's just like a, this big fear hanging over there even though we know only one percent of the population gets audited none of us can afford to have that happen so that that's that's the, so that's that thing so this is the great thing about QuickBooks. I was so I've, I have been astonished since I've started since we stopped doing art fairs I don't use this accountant every month now okay I'm sitting here it's me and QuickBooks and when I run the reports it's it's so simple I'm thinking I'm what am I missing yeah maybe nothing I I can't afford an accountant <laughs> right well totally and, I mean and, yes and it's so easy. I mean, going back in the days when you used to reconcile your checking account by hand, you know, I never did it. <laughs> and okay. now it's so easy. I, I run the, you know, the the personal finances through Quicken, and it's just, you know, now I've got it to where it downloads, and QuickBooks does it too, just downloads automatically any any transactions that have gone through the checking account. And boom, it's there, and it tells me right away. How much money I have? And okay. Well, so it sounds like both of you are telling me is the bookkeeping part, which is what I'm freaked about. Making the the numbers balance is nothing. That's no, that's the nothing. What you're it what was I'm, difficult with the corporation making those numbers okay. balance, but with I'm I'm a sole proprietor, and it's basically it's income and expenses. I. I had a lot of trouble with the corporate taxes when I did them as you know because you've got your profit and how much did you roll back into the business and all of that stuff but with a sole proprietorship you really don't have that 
I have no experience with the new S-Corps and all that. But as a sole proprietor, it just goes on your regular taxes. Do either of you have employees? Do you, Allison? I I will pay somebody to help, um, you know, back to the heating and air conditioning. I You know, the 1099s, I try to keep them under the 1099 limit so I don't have to send out any 1099s. But mm-hmm. pretty much I I will pay somebody to help me set up or help me break down. But for the most part, that's a very small part of the business. Yeah, I, I maybe do it three or four times a year. That that's, That is money well spent <laughs> for heaven's sake. Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. So, Leo, are you doing the shows by yourself? I am. I'm uh, doing it solely, um, travel, everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... So tracking all of these bits and pieces of um, the, the travel expenses and everything else, you are fine, and you're putting it in here. Okay, so since you guys have both convinced me that, that my focus on, on dollars and bookkeeping is not the deal, what's really important here, I'm, I'm going to just change, the, uh, change this around our all around and so you use the systems that you have built as plans for going forward in the business. Oh yeah. They're not yeah. they're yeah. not necessarily for keeping track of the money. They are planning systems. Well, they do that I, do, too. Uh, yeah. So, this time of year yeah, I'm planning keep- a new booth. I'm I'm running a lot of reports in QuickBooks as to what sold last year, um, what what shows were good, what you know where I made money, where I lost money. You know, I always I have that in my head for the most part, mm-hmm. but it's good to see it on paper. And and I've made some changes in the business. I stopped carrying matted prints because they weren't uh, they were costing me more than they were bringing in in the long run. So and that was just a report in QuickBooks that told me that you know where my money was coming from was my framed pieces. Wow, that's really helpful. Okay, I want to just take a little break here for a minute and tell everybody you're listening to the Art Fair Artist Success Show, sponsored by ArtFairInsiders.com and ArtFairCalendar.com. I'm speaking with two artists today, and we are talking about the importance of bookkeeping for the planning of your business. I thought we wanted to talk about taxes and how we balance our books and what we do, but instead they are teaching me that it's the systems that keep the business running and paying attention. I'm talking to Allison Thomas, who lives in Virginia, and Leo Charette, who coincidentally also lives in Virginia. And uh, they both have disparate backgrounds in bookkeeping and art, art fair business but lots of information okay so all right so there we go that was my that was my commercial um so okay so so uh so okay that was something that you learned from your quickbooks analysis uh, that that's very useful allison i never would have thought of that leo what have what have you learned that you were surprised to find out using your system well, I think you know sometimes we we do think that the the big the more prestigious shows are the shows that you know you really should be striving for and I, and I do that I do strive for the Cherry Creek and all of that, but the truth is that there's quite a bit of profit to be made in in strategically looking at local shows uh shows that might be a day's drive you know with no expenses. You know, it may not have the glamour that, you know, some of the more prestigious shows have, but as far as bottom line and net profit, um, you, you know, when you see the numbers, you suddenly say, oh, man, you know, I, I went and did that show out in uh, Pittsburgh, but that show, I had to, you know, I had to uh, sell this many art pieces just to break even. So before I even could start to show a profit, you know, $2,000 or $1,500 or whatever it cost me to do that show had to be sold. 
uh, we're a local show. I'm making a profit, you know, much, much sooner. So, they, you know, they, it, it did help me to kind of be much more strategic and understand what the, you know, what, what I'm really in it for is to be able to, to earn a living wage and what I need to do, how I can, need to balance all of those things. And yes, I agree. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've really gone to more of the local shows because it's it's easier on me, <laughs> and they seem to be doing doing better for me. I've also learned that because of the the topics that I use for my photographs, that it's best for me to stay in the mountains, and and you know, way I am doing Virginia Beach this year, but. You know, generally, I try to stay more towards the west and get into the mountains. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your subject matter yeah, makes I, a difference, I wanna, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does. I want to just add one other thing. The the other information that I, I discovered when I started to do the analysis is the local shows are... Um, you know, you can kind of see where your profits are and all of that, but the the more distant shows tend to generate uh, revenues after the show. So a lot more of my Christmas sales, my you know other sales tend to come from shows at a distance, uh, and I and that caught me by surprise. I thought a local market they know me, of course they're gonna wanna they wanna buy from me, but much more the the distance shows that I travel to tend to have more of the after show sales. Now that's funny well, because I see the exact opposite. Mostly because <laughs> my biggest seller is, are my framed panoramas, and they are so expensive to ship that I will get orders after there. There's uh, one local show that really, on the surface, I don't make much money at the show, but because I'm only 20 miles away, I get a lot of after-show orders. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, that's interesting. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, where uh, Allison, how do these orders get to you? Website, from a business card, a phone call, how do they get to you? I did set up a shopping cart on my website, so I get those periodically. Oh. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, a lot of times it's email. Mostly it's email. People seem to like email. I don't get many phone calls, uh-huh. but I do okay. put my email address and my phone number on the website. And everybody right. gets a card. I'm not stingy with my cards. <laughs> yeah, talk about right. <laughs> okay. And what about you, Leo? How do how do you get uh, the connection afterwards? No. Yeah, it really is. Every I, I do have a website that they can purchase from uh, again using PayPal, uh, but it really comes from all sources. I, I have people that call. Um, some people don't want to use PayPal, so they're gonna you know want to just be able to call in their credit card. Uh, also, I, I have custom orders. There are a number of things, you know, they want an image much larger than I would bring to a show. Uh, and so that kind of custom order needs to be dealt with over the phone and kind of talked through. So I would say all any means of communication tends to be used. I know this is not something that we talked about, but I'm pretty intrigued by it. Um, do you either of you have statistics on information on how much is after show sales as a percentage of your business? Huh. Maybe not. Not it's it's probably well, a very small percentage. I don't have okay. a lot of, of I could run those reports because I can run them by dates and I can run you know, but it's but it's hard to tell, you know, some people will order six months later. It, it's, in fact, I got an order just today of someone who saw a picture I had in the gallery. Uh, it, it had to have been two years ago. I haven't had it up <laughs> for two years. Wow. And so it's, it's, it's weird how they come in. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, I, I would say about I, – I, I, I was going to answer your question. I would say about 10% of my business comes from um, sales afterwards. Okay, so so being at the show is really is really the thing that happens. Um, do you why? Let's see. How would your 
Uh, I'll ask Leo first. How would your business be different? I know this is a real iffy question. If you weren't being watchful over all these items. You know, to be honest, um, my profit margins were, I can easily make a bad decision and lose a lot of money. I mean, that can happen very easily in this business. You travel to a show uh, and you spend money on hotels and, and all of that, and suddenly you're down 600 to $1,000. Well, you can only absorb so much of that. And so for me, I don't think I would be in business if I didn't have a way to really take a hard look at what's working and what isn't. As, as you have developed this um, system, this uh, accounting system, and I mean accounting in a very general manner, has it mm-hmm. changed how you have done business? Yeah, it I has. Mentioned, uh, yeah. You know, I mentioned one thing. You know, again, rather than going after the pie in the sky all the time, the shows that are so competitive, I'm much more um, – open to considering local shows, um, you know, within reason. I think you can, you can certainly burn out a market if all you're doing is local shows. But uh, I'm much more apt to have a lot of fillers that are kind of more local without as much expenses, where before I would travel great deals. I would travel to Ann Arbor. I would travel to, uh, you know, all over uh, because these were shows that had, you know, good profits. Mm-hmm. What about you, Allison? Uh, it has changed definitely. I, I'm with Leo. I don't think I'd be in business. The profit margins here are so small um, to, that I, you know, keeping an eye on where my money is coming from, you know, what's selling, what's not, is very important. I don't think I would be in business either. Um, I didn't pay as much attention to it in the first couple years I did shows, and I know that I lost money. And I made changes kind of by by the gut, but you now the the biggest thing I did was to remove the uh, matted prints, and I realized that you know I I ran there's a great report in QuickBooks on sales. It tells me what percentage of sales a particular item was, and it was just it was eye opening. I knew that I didn't sell as many as I did sell on other things. But it was eye-opening as to how little I was selling against, you know, the framed pieces or the pieces by order. So I know it makes and and keeping track of different shows that, you know, you go and you you sell a lot, but you don't remember how expensive the hotel was, how expensive the show was, all of the. Uh, the extra things that add on. If there's no McDonald's nearby to eat, you have to eat at a nice restaurant and drop some money to do that. It's it all adds up. And um, in in December, um, I attended the one of a kind show in Chicago, which is a really really nice show. And the booth fees, I am really not sure, but I think nobody can be there unless I've already spent two thousand dollars. And um, I walk the show, and I look at it, and I it, there's all, all media. And actually, I did do a, a quickie interview. I'm going to have a video up soon on it with someone who does photography. And I said, how can you spend $3,000? What do you have to earn to make it worthwhile? You know, I, I get so anxious about seeing people who um, their business just means – I'm going to be at this show, so I have to pay the booth fee over the year to make the booth fee. I need to see some return on my money. Exactly. You know, don't you need to make? Don't you need to earn some money? Do is it just about paying the bills and breaking even? Well, maybe. Leo, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't be for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think well, and then there are those you know, people. I, you know. I live in the middle of the country. I live in Michigan. And people who load up their vans and pull their trailers and go to the West Coast to do great shows, maybe a great show, 
Art in the Pearl, Sausalito, great shows. What does it, well, how much money do you have to earn or net after you spent two or three weeks on the road with all those expenses and those show fees and selling off your product, which costs you time and money? I have a real hard time with this, and I keep thinking these people are not doing their books. What do you think? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I know a couple of artists that really are good at getting into top shows. And so they might uh, drive to the Pearl and then hit St. Louis. And, um, you know, if you can do that, if you can string together that kind of a show schedule, I think you're going to do great. Um, but most of us, you know, we might get into – you know, a couple of really great shows, um, you know, and so you're throwing all this money at trying to get into a show when it's so competitive, particularly in my category, in, in Allison's category, yep. um, that, you know, you just, uh, you know, you, you suddenly say, wait a minute, you know, unless I can string together, you know, five or six of these really top shows, you know, I, I may just be in a break-even situation. Uh, and so it, you're going to really have to make some hard decisions, you know, what, what really makes sense here. But I do know artists who are able to get into all the top shows, and I think they do very well at it. You know, I do. I know that they do. I got yeah. I got into last year, the, the second half of the year, or the second half of the season for me was just bad weather, bad politics, over and over and over again. It just, I can't imagine taking the risk to say, you know, Coconut Grove just happened, of going to Coconut Grove and paying that booth fee and having it pour down rain all weekend. And it's just too much of a risk for me. You know, maybe, and I'm not in a position where I can string together three or four shows and go off. And, and do shows. Be on the I road. have to return have to be home. Out on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I just, you know, I I got hit badly by several shows that, you know, should have been good, but weather. I know Leesburg has always been a good show for me, but it was a week before the government shutdown. That's a, a high uh, government worker area. It was just dead. <laughs> mm. You know, there's, there's so, yeah, there's so many surprises in this business that, I mean, we talk about the accounting and doing all of these numbers and things, but I've had shows where I have done outstanding, and when you look at the books, you say, man, you got to do that thing over and over again, and you go back the next year, and you bomb, and you're like, wow, I did so good that year, I did so bad this year. Uh, how does that happen? You know, this this business is very, very unpredictable. I had a stretch of um, show um, last last year where I went from um, Three Rivers in Pittsburgh. I did a five-day show there, broke down on Tuesday night, drove to Virginia Beach to set up on Wednesday, and did another four days. That stretch of show was outstanding. I did great, but it could work very much the di- very different yes. if I tried to do it again this year. It's just so unpredictable. Well, and I'm surprised to hear that because I thought you were going to say, I know Virginia Beach had some very challenging weather, but it turned out fine, huh? <laughs> Virginia Beach it, was It wasn't as good show. as the year before. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. There's the whole... <laughs> Yeah. That, that's one of the mantras in this business. You should have been here last year. Yeah, <laughs> for me, it was my you know top that brings show up of... the whole thing of booth space. Where are you located? I had a different booth space this past year than I had the year before. It wasn't as good, and I was a thousand dollars less than the year before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was my top show of the year. It beat it beat some of the the other shows. It just was incredible. But you know, can I repeat that again this year? I don't know. Yeah. Are you going to be in the show? Here was Stanton. <laughs> Your best really? was Stanton. 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 Yeah. No, no I've been kidding. to that town, and last time I was there, it didn't look very promising economically. Yes. 
It's a pretty well, well-off area, but for okay. my for my subject matter, it really hits a nerve. Now I'm hoping that it repeats. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Allison so, brings a good point. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of the, you know, we we read reviews and we hear about good shows and we think, oh, wow, we should go do that. You know, I, I've actually hesitate to put a review up uh, at this point because <laughs> it is so, it, truthfully, it is so subjective. It is so, I mean, I've had people who've gone to Belleville and bombed, um, you know, or and then gone to a little show like Occasion for the Arts and did really great. You know, how do you, how do you, you know, make all that stuff work? It's it's, you know, it, it is it is very very much dependent upon what you bring to the table, and you have to find your own path. You really do. You have to have a lot of faith, and you have to have a lot of optimism. Also, besides. But what you guys are doing with this cut and dried numbers, writing it all down, is one of the ways to game the system a little. It gives you, I think that that's why I wanted to talk to you. This gives you a bottom line base, right? You know at and when all is going well, what does sell for you? You know the price point to work at, and then that is at least the skeleton for your business. You agree, Alice? And it helps to yeah. look at the year as a whole. You know, looking right. at the year okay. as a whole instead of looking at each show to show helps Absolutely. a lot for me as to, okay, what sells where and what are the pieces that people really like. So okay. that helps you yeah, in I that agree. way. And then there's... Then there's this other thing. I had a a word-of-mouth report from uh, Florida this week, a jeweler who was at the Grove who did five times as well at the Sanibel Island Art Festival. Now, what is that? Sanibel, right? That's like Leesburg, or that's like Stanton, right? It's something on the level of really under-the-radar show. What mm-hmm. was there? What was at Sanibel that wasn't at Coconut Grove? Well, we kind of know, don't we? Festivals have different kinds of people at them. Those same people may be at Sanibel or not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Sanibel people are rolling out of their condo with their wallet in their hand. The people at Coconut Grove may have flown in from Brazil and um, are just having a wonderful time. Or they could live there in the Grove, and they come and buy every year. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I'd, like to just, I'd like to just say one thing. You know, we're talking about shows, and we kind of look at it in a year when we look at you know, the data and all of that. But it becomes much more revealing when you look at it over multiple years. You know, when I look at my show history... Uh, over three and four years, I get a very different picture. I get a much more realistic picture. So I think we have to look at these systems in terms of the history that they create with the show, uh, not just in terms of that particular year. So um, the the conclusion that you're drawing is, is this likely a five-year plan? Yeah, no, I think you have to. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I think, you know, there obviously you're not going to get into good shows every mm-hmm. year, but um, you have to really say, well, you know, um, is this show, you know, this show was really hot for me for four years. I, I'll, I'll use mm-hmm. a, a case in point. I, there's a show in, in Williamsburg that, uh, that I've done. It's a, it was a one-day show, and it's now become a two. And that show was like my one of my best shows. It was outstanding. And then they started changing the formula. They made it a two-day show. And it just hasn't been the same. Um, and so I need to track that history. I can't just say this is a great show because shows mm. do have a certain history about them. There's certain changes that occur. There are you know, whatever it is, um, it isn't always the same every year. 
for sure. Whether you are there yeah, or but not, they change and what work over you have. Time. Mm-hmm. I, I okay. know that there's one local to me that the director has changed a couple times, and it's changed. And whether you know, last year I didn't make near as much money as the year before, and but because of time-wise, because it's so close, I'm going to do it again this year and you know, see what yeah. happens. Filler shows can keep bills paid. They can keep you going. They can get you on to the next, maybe, luckily, a blockbuster every now and then. But filler shows certainly have their place. One of the reasons, a lot of the shows, basically, I earn my living selling calls for artists for shows. And I know that Cherry Creek and Des Moines and Sausalito and Fort, um, Fort Worth, they don't need to advertise on my site. They get plenty of applications. But I try, really try to find those shows that maybe are that niche that will work for somebody. Somebody who's near or somebody who's traveling or somebody who wants to be in that area for a reason, right? Isn't that that's another way of choosing shows? Mm-hmm. You agree? Mm-hmm. I so okay. Well, okay. So it is. Um, we're almost finished. So I would like to know. Here's an important question, and I think, but I after talking with you, I think I have the answer. Allison, do you ever let your right brain, what you want to do, overrule the what your QuickBooks is telling you to do and decide to do a show anyway that may not look so good on paper? Um, that's hard to say because I've only been up here in Virginia now going into my fourth year. So I've really been getting my feet wet. I know that I made it, uh, I had decided this year not to do Virginia Beach because, like I said, my I don't do as well at the beach. Mm-hmm. But they invited me. <laughs> I was pre-juried. And so, yes, I, I, you know, it was kind of like, oh, wow, I'm pre-juried. Okay, I better go. <laughs> and just mm-hmm. threw that decision out the window. Even though I thought, you know, I also have to juggle vacation days and how many shows can right. I do. And, but, yeah, occasionally. Occasionally, okay. But I'm still, okay. still getting my feet wet as to what's good and what's not here. Because you've moved recently. What about you, do you ever just go say, oh, hell, I'm going to do it anyway, Leo? Definitely. Yeah, I'm, Definitely. I'm always looking for new markets. Yeah, I'm always looking for new markets. So I'm going to take a risk on two or three shows a year, you know, things right. that I think are going to be good, uh, but I, you know, I need, to, I need to explore. I can't just um, take a look at what people say, though that's important. I have to realize that there are some shows that look like they're going to have some good potential and I need to just try it. When we were doing shows, we always did every year a first-year show because if we do not support the new shows, new shows don't happen, old shows get stale. So that was something that we always did. Okay, you guys have been terrific. We are really out of time. I want to thank Leo Charette and Alice Thomas for their time. I've got more questions to ask you, but we are out of time. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoy this podcast. We have more interesting shows in the works with some of the nation's top show directors and artists. Our next podcast, I'll be talking with photographers Clyde and Nikki Butcher, who started the art fair business and have now gone on to fame and fortune. They're old friends of mine, and they were going to have a great chat, and we were going to talk about what ha- how they made them move from one to the next. Do you have a good idea for a podcast? Let me hear from you. Uh, download this free podcast at iTunes. Love us at artfairinsiders.com. Thanks, everybody. Tell your friends about us. Like us on Facebook. Go out, create, and make money. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Leo. And thank you, Allison. Appreciate it so much. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome.